Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Oakland Days UK podcast, coming to you on Monday the 9th of March. I'm your host Matt Smith and in today's pod we're going to catch up on the news from A's Camp, whilst also bringing you a birthday inspired bring your A's game. Before we start with the A's stuff, I'll do a quick plug for a new video series that I've launched on our A's UK YouTube channel. I'm calling it The Other Lot, as the idea is to do a weekly roundup of news relating to the other 29 MLB teams. I'm planning to publish one every Sunday morning UK time, some being pre-recorded, as with the first one I've just published, and some being a Sunday breakfast live stream. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, if you haven't already, to be notified of when future videos and live streams go live. Anyways, on to the A's news. As of today, on Monday, we are 17 days away from MLB Opening Day 2020. And the A's running out onto the diamond at the Coliseum to take on the Minnesota Twins. Who will be on the mound that day for the A's though? Well, the nice way to look at it is to say that there are several very worthy candidates. The not so nice way to look at it is that with pitchers, it's always best not to plan too far ahead. And that's relevant because of the news we've had this week regarding our left-hander AJ Puck. He's got a mild shoulder strain and the word mild hopefully is good news. Any injury to a pitcher's arm is always a concern, but especially to the shoulder because it's such a complex joint in the body. But he was shut down early last week, just told not to throw and let his arm rest. They took various scans of his shoulder and thankfully they found no structural damage in the shoulder. So it looks like it shouldn't be too bad. They're going to basically hold him off from throwing and strengthen his shoulder via various exercises Before then, he will start to attempt to play catch and build himself up again. So never mind opening day, the A's are not going to take any risks with the big left-hander. It's worth remembering at this point that there are actually now four different categories of injured lists just to make things a little bit more complicated. So we previously had the seven-day injured list, which was just for concussions. Then there's a 10-day injured list, which was previously 15 and it moved to 10 and a 60-day injured list. But for the 2020 season, MLB have decided to reintroduce the 15-day injured list, but only for pitchers. So we have a 10-day injured list as standard for position players, and then a 15-day injured list for pitchers. So whether Puck formally begins the season on the injured list will in part be based on whether he'll be ready until sort of 16 days into the season or not. Now, if they don't put him on the injured list, of course, that means we'll have to play shorthanded up until the point when he returns. So given that the A's were likely to be cautious of Puck's workload anyway, the likelihood is that he will start the season on the 15-day injured list. Chris Bassett would be a more than capable replacement in the rotation, though. So best to be cautious with Puck and get him ready for the rest of the season. Looking around at the other pitches, I will hesitate first and say I'm recording this before Sunday's game. So Frankie Montas is scheduled to pitch in that game and he looked good back on Monday last week against the Cubs. So hopefully it went well on Sunday and he hasn't got injured. If he has, feel free to blame me for it because I jinxed it. But Frankie's been looking good so far in spring training. And not only that, but Mike Fires. I saw him on Thursday last week in the game against the Dodgers, which was on MLB TV, and he was excellent. Four innings pitched, 
one hit allowed, four strikeouts. Looked really, really sharp, like mid-season form. So that's very encouraging. It was also encouraging to see Matt Chapman stick an opposite field home run off Walker Bueller in that game. Um, Sean Maniah has been looking generally pretty good. He was knocked around a little bit on Friday against the Reds, but he did strike out six hitters and he seemed pretty confident about it. Just trying a few things, a few bad pitches, but other than that, felt pretty good. And talk about feeling good and looking good. Jesus Lozado, he just, oh, he is definitely going to be a strong candidate for AL Rookie of the Year. He helped the A's beat Seattle on Saturday 8-4 and Luzardo was dominant. 3.1 innings pitched. He gave up one run on two hits and one walk. Struck out eight. Looked really, really good. As Bob Melvin said, he should have struck out nine because the umpire missed a call. But still very, very impressive. And reading the comments from Luzardo after the game, he just wants more and more. He's never satisfied. He wants to improve his performance every time out. So, yeah. I'm really confident, so long as he can stay healthy, we mentioned that last week in a prospect roundup, so long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to have a really, really good season for the A's. Jesus Lozado, he's not a very naughty boy, he's the Messiah. As for the position players, it was really good to see Sean Murphy back out there and making his Cactus League debut last Monday. Not only at the plate, but he's catching some innings too. So that's good. It all seems to be going well for him. Again, as with some other players, they've just taken it slowly. No need to push it in spring training, but he looks good so far. His delay start has given some more opportunities to Austin Allen and Jonah Heim to impress. And particularly Jonah Heim has looked very impressive. Um, He was impressing kind of A's staff last year. And even though he isn't really a prospect that national prospect towns really talk about a lot, He's really come on, particularly in the last 12 months, so he may be a real factor later on this season as certainly a good third catcher, but maybe even as a very capable backup. No real hints so far have emerged as to the big battle for second base and a 26th roster spot. Tony Kemp has had a couple of games at second base last week, one at left field two. He's generally, in fact all of the games last week when he played, he was second in the batting lineup. Whether that's what Bob Melvin will do during the season, we'll wait and see. But definitely seems a bit of a pointer there. Franklin Barreto started a couple of times at second base. Jorge Mateo played there as well and at short. Vimal Machine has played at short and third base. Made an absolutely brilliant play against the White Sox at third base. I think it was Tuesday last week. Chapman-esque play by Machine and... You do get the feeling that this is a guy, because he's a lefty hitter, he can play third base, he can play shortstop. He is someone that you suspect the A's will want to keep hold of. And of course, because he's a Rule 5 draft pick, the A's have to keep him on the Major League roster all season long to keep hold of him. The only alternative to that would be if they don't feel they're going to do that, but can work out a trade with the Cubs. We'll wait and see, but I suspect the A's would really like to keep hold of him. Chad Pinder has been getting playing time all over the place, as per usual. No, not really at second base too much so far this spring. Lots of jokes about how he has finally got a catcher's glove, because he's always been seen as the potential emergency backup catcher, and he now has a catcher's glove, so it would be good to see him out there on the field doing a bit of catching. Noisy has generally been subbing at third base. I get the feeling that Noisy's going to get sent down, just because he's got minor league options, so it's the easy call to do it. Bit of a shame for him. 
And then when I look as I am right now at my magnetic whiteboard with little magnets for each player on the roster, I think when you look at how things will shape out, we've obviously got to take Stephen Piscotti off the list because he's going to start on the injured list. Kemp can play outfield. Pinder can play outfield. So it depends whether you perhaps want to bring in Seth Brown as an outfielder and first baseman to cover Piscotti and as a lefty hitter, of course, or not. If you don't, then I'm sure Tony Kemp will make the roster. Barreto probably makes the roster. Machine makes the roster, perhaps. And that would leave Jorge Mateo as a man on the outside and us probably losing him to another team. That's the way I see it shaping out so far. But again, as we mentioned with the pitchers, you can never be too certain because injuries always have this thing of popping up when you least want them. So we'll wait and see. Hopefully all players are fitting and healthy and playing well. And then it just comes down to seeing what the best mix for the opening day roster will be. From looking ahead to the future roster, we now will look back into the A's past as part of our regular podcast feature, Bring Your A's Game. Bring Your A's Game. Today's Bring Your A's Game is birthday inspired because Monday the 9th is Bert Campanaris' birthday. The A's legend was born in Cuba in 1942, so he is 78 years old today. Happy birthday, Campy! I thought I would have a look at his great A's career, as it's his birthday. He's best known, of course, for being part of that amazing Oakland A's team that won three World Series in a row from 1972 to 1974. The games I'm going to look at are two, in fact. The first one, and the one he would probably want me to concentrate on, is Game 7 of the 1973 World Series. Now, this World Series was competed between the A's and the New York Mets. The A's had finished the regular season 94 and 68, the Mets only just above 500 at 82 and 79. But the two teams met in the World Series and the A's were in a bit of a hole in this one. They fell behind the series 3-2 before coming back and winning Game 6, 3-1 in Oakland to force a Game 7 decider. That game took place on the 21st of October, a Sunday. It took place in the daytime at Oakland in front of just over 49,000 fans. The two teams traded zeros through the first couple of innings before the A's took the lead in the bottom of the third. John Matlock was on the mound for the Mets and with one out and a runner on second base, Bert Campaneris came to the plate. He smacked a home run to right field to give the A's a 2 to nothing lead. And then three batters later, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, knocked Matlock out of the game with his own two-run home run. That 4-0 lead ended up coming to a 5-2 victory for the A's and a 4-3 win in the World Series to retain their World Series title. That was a big heroic moment for Campy. But 1972, the previous year in the American League Championship Series, produced one of the more, I don't know, how would you describe it? Memorable moments, probably not memorable in a good way for Campy, but it was one that's worth having a look at. You see, Campy was really on fire in that series. He'd run the Detroit Tigers ragged in the first game. 
the American League Championship Series, which the A's won through to two in extra innings. So the A's were 1-0 up in the series. And we got to Game 2 in Oakland on the 8th of October 1972. The A's were leading handily 4-0 before fireworks went off in the bottom of the 7th inning. Bert Campaneris led off the bottom of the 7th against Levin de Groh. I think that's how you pronounce it. And Negrow, not very happy with the way in which Campaneris was running the team ragged on the bases, decided to plunk him in the ankle. This produced an almighty hoo-ha, with Campy throwing his bat at the pitcher. Now, the Tigers were managed by Billy Martin, the famously flammable Billy Martin, and all hell broke loose. Lots of shouting, lots of pushing, lots of arguing. Campy got thrown out for the game, as did Negrow, and turned out that Campy would be banned for the rest of the American League Championship Series, and he also was banned for a few games at the start of the following season, but he was allowed to play in the World Series, the World Series that the A's, of course, would go on to win. So that was a moment in Campy's career he'd probably like to forget, but with the A's 5-0 up against the Tigers in that second game, he wasn't going to stand for being plunked by Legros and through his bat, he admitted he was angry and he apologised for it, but yes, you can understand the frustration because the Tigers were clearly going for him and trying to take him out of the series, and you have to say, in a sense, they succeeded. It's the sort of thing Billy Martin would do, very well known, as I mentioned, for being a very fiery character, and of course, Billy Martin would go on to manage the A's. Now, Dale Tafoy, who has been a journalist in California and has written previous books about the A's, has actually got a new book coming out later this year, all about the Billy Martin era with the A's called Billy Ball. And yeah, I've spoken to Dale quite a few occasions in the past, so hopefully when the book is released, we'll be able to get him on as a guest to this podcast. But there we go, that was Bert Campaneris on Bring Your A's Game. A couple of games for you to look at. Game 7 of the 1973 World Series against the Mets on the 21st of October 1973. And the back-throwing incident in Game 2 of the American League Championship Series in 1972 against the Tigers on the 8th of October 1972. Let's look ahead to the A spring training schedule for the week. Uh, today, on Monday the 9th, the A's are playing the Texas Rangers, and that's a night game, so early hours of the morning for us in the UK. Tuesday 10th, the A's are playing the Kansas City Royals. That's an 8.05 start in the UK, 1.05 in Oakland. Don't forget, for a couple of weeks now, because in America they've moved to daytime saving before we have in the UK, the standard difference between the time zones is an hour less. So we're normally eight hours ahead of Oakland. We're actually seven hours ahead now. So that game's an 8.05 start on Tuesday for us in the UK, 1.05 in Oakland. On Wednesday, we're playing the Angels. That's a 10 past eight start UK time, and that's being broadcast by the Angels TV crew. So we'll be available to watch on MLB TV. First day to 12th, we're playing the Dodgers. That's 8.05 UK time, first pitch. And that's being broadcast by the Dodgers Network. So again, available on MLB TV. Friday the 13th, uh-oh, bad news. Injuries coming our way. Now it's another game against Texas and another night game. So early hours of Saturday morning for us in the UK. 
So today the 14th is a split squad day for the A's. They're playing both the Milwaukee Brewers and the Seattle Mariners. Both games starting at 5 minutes past 8 UK time in the evening. And then on Sunday the 15th, the A's are playing the Padres. Another 5 past 8 time start in the UK. 5 past 1 in Oakland. That's it for the A's UK podcast this week. Now spring training games are slowly going down and we're just creeping ahead to the regular season starting. So only about 10 or 11 Cactus League games to go, I think it is now. And then we'll be starting with the real stuff. Cannot wait. I'm Matt Smith. Thanks a lot for listening and do subscribe on Apple, TuneIn or on Spotify to be notified when each episode in future is published. And of course, subscribe at Oakland AUK on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.